heads with me in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, quiet our hearts and minds in this time that we might hear your voice. Speak to us that we may follow you in all that we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. something in my eye, sorry. (laughs) Um, Throughout this uh, season of Easter, I've been talking about uh, this idea that it's not seeing is believing, it's believing is seeing. And I think uh, partly I can't get off of this because every time we come to another gospel, uh, it it, uh, is the first thing that I see. Today it's not so much Believing is seeing. Today, seeing has been changed just slightly to hearing. In the gospel today, um, Jesus is, uh, has been speaking uh, in the temple, and he's been talking about this idea of shepherd and sheep. It's an old idea, it's a familiar story to the people of Israel, the Israelites and the Jews that are present with Jesus and among whom Jesus is one. So Jesus speaks to them and reminds them of this image of shepherd and sheep. David, of course, was a shepherd before he became the king. The shepherd, as king, cares for the sheep, sets the boundaries, leads them, guides them, cares for them, protects them. The shepherd knows the sheep. The sheep know the shepherd. That's the idea. That's who we are called to be. Now, I don't know how much time you've spent around sheep. All those who are laughing have spent enough time around sheep to know that being called a sheep isn't exactly a great thing, is it? They're not that smart, right? They, uh, they, they're kind of smelly. They uh, are prone to get lost. Um, every time I start to carry these characteristics about sheep, not that smart, kind of smelly, prone to get lost, I get about that far, and I go, okay, I guess I am a sheep. (laughs) It's a good image. It's not a great image. It's not one that I welcome. It's not one that I like, but it's one that unfortunately fits. It's not an image I take for myself very often. It's one that I have to live into. It's one that we have to live into. If we are to hear the voice of the shepherd. I was reminded by a book I've been, I, I was working through that uh, the voice we hear and that we hear the most often is Our own. You do more talking to yourself than anyone else. 
Some of you are talking to yourself right now. And now that I said that, you can't stop it. It just happens. It's constant, isn't it? We hear that self-talk. Hopefully, you've learned that it's best to keep that in your head so that the rest of us don't hear your self-talk all of the time. But uh, occasionally, it sneaks out, right? Occasionally, we verbally talk to ourselves. And that's normal. It happens to all of us. Because that voice is constant in our lives. It colors how we live. It changes how we see things. It taints our responses to things that are happening. So that depending on what your voice sounds like, at the moment that you encounter traffic in the many construction zones of Cleveland traffic these days, <laughs> your attitude will change. You'll get affected. You can start to pay attention to that voice. You can start to hear it. You can start to be, you have conversations with yourself, don't you? Right? Because it's weird. It's weird to think about, but it's okay. We all do that. It's not because you're crazy. It's because you're human. But today we're invited to let that voice that is inside of us constantly start to sound like the shepherd. How does that happen? I believe it happens just the way we've been talking about. It's, it's, uh, it's step number two in our keys for living the story, right? First is share. Share who you are. Share what you're about. Share what's going on. We do better when we share together. Second is read. Have you noticed that what you read... Changes how you think. I talked with the kids about Harry Potter this morning. When you, uh, but and it's not just Harry Potter. You, what you read, all that you read changes what you think. When we say read as the second step of living the story, we mean read God's Word. It's so vital that we encounter God's Word. Uh, I was given at Easter a book called uh, The Gospel According to Star Wars. Um, <clears throat> I haven't gotten very far because it's an actual print book and not an audio book, so... I actually have to read, but uh, I, I have gotten a little ways. And, and the first thing that I heard in this book was that picture of how Star Wars, for, our, for many in our generation, has become a, a more transformative myth than any other in our society. Now, I don't say, I use that word myth because... Myth is also the word that is used in literary circles for the Bible. 
When I say that about the Bible, people get really irritated and uncomfortable, and I understand that. And I know why, because we use the word myth to say things that are not true, right? Stories that are not true. But the word myth really doesn't mean stories that are not true. It means stories that shape truth. And in that way, the Bible is very much a story that shapes your truth. In fact, it's meant to be that. It's the reason the stories in the Bible are told the way they are. To shape your understanding of what is going on. I've said many times to people, when you come to the Bible, you're not coming to a book that you're saying, well, this will show me what happened. I don't think that's enough. I think when you read the Bible, you should be asking, uh, how does this show me what happens? Because what happened in the Bible happens in your life. When we say it's not just about knowing the story, it's about living the story, that's what I mean. I mean that when we come to these stories, they aren't meant to just be stuff that we can fill out when we answer those trivia questions. They are supposed to be helping us to see the world differently, to hear the world differently in this case, so that when we start to hear that voice that, that, that ramps up that, the frustration and the, the uh, anger, the pain... The self-pity, all those things that our voice speaks, God's voice, the living voice of the living Lord Jesus, who speaks plainly that He is God for all those who hear what He has to say. We can hear a new voice. And in our anger, we can have comfort. And in our despair, we can have hope. And in our frustration, we can... In our frustration, we can be led to a new life. All by the voice of one who speaks to us But so often we aren't willing to listen because we don't want to be sheep. We all think sheep are dumb. They don't understand. They don't get it. We have much better ideas. We have much better ways of doing this. We know what to expect. We know what would be good for us. We know what, where, where we should be headed and we know what we want to create and have when we get there. voice of the living Lord says you just need to listen. And so I end with Psalm 23 that we read and whose words are so familiar. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. What does that mean? I, 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 I put B in there because if I say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, what do you hear? I don't want the shepherd. That's what I hear. That's what I heard all the time. I was like, that's a weird verse. That's not what it means. It means I shall not 
want. I shall not need. There's nothing else that I need. And where does it end? You prepare a table before me. You prepare a feast before me. Where? In the presence of my enemies. Isn't that interesting? What God does is not remove us from our enemies. He doesn't say, you'll never have trouble. If he said that, we'd say, you're a liar. Because I have it all the time. God says, in the presence of your enemies, in the presence of your trouble, I continue to care for you. Jesus said it this way, nothing can snatch them from my hand. I want to read that last little thing because I think it's absolutely an amazing verse. John 10. John 10, 29. What my, he's just at 28 and 29. I give them eternal life. That's the sheep. That's you. And they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. That's what Jesus says. Nobody's getting you away from me. Then he says, what my Father has given me, which is what? You. His sheep. What my Father has given me is greater than all else. And no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand, for I and the Father are one. Jesus says there is that God, He has you, and He will not let you go. Make sure that is part of the voice you hear when you struggle, when you wonder, when you are confronted by whatever enemies are confronting you, may you hear the voice who speaks and says, they're here, but I'm here too. And God will never, ever let you go. That story can change your world. That story makes all the difference. Amen.